0: Well, welcome and uh, good morning on this uh, first Sunday uh, of uh, 2022. Very welcome and uh, good to see you. Welcome to those on Zoom as, welcome to, uh, as well as those uh, here uh, in the sanctuary. Um, just a couple of notices um, as we begin. Uh, just to say that um, coffee, there will be Coffee Stop meeting uh, tomorrow morning at the usual time down here in the church at 10 o'clock if you'd like to come You'd be very welcome. There won't be uh, a prayer meeting, though, uh, in the, in the morning. That will start the following uh, Monday on the tenth. But there will be coffee stop. So please do come down uh, tomorrow morning for that. <clears throat> uh, just just a couple of scriptures, really, as we as we focus on Christ at the beginning of the new year. Um, people have all sorts of uh, resolutions and. Uh, Aims and objectives don't they and aspirations for the new year, but I hope that our key one as we begin this this new year is to keep our eyes. uh, Fixed on Jesus and that's what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks, as we travel through marks gospel together we're going to be focusing on Jesus Christ. Um, And. uh, At the beginning of a new year uh, our text really today is the beginning of the gospel about jesus christ so i want us today to focus on the beginning of the gospel which is about jesus christ Um, and uh, just a couple more verses from hebrews Um, hebrews 12 says verse 2 let us fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart." And and each year seems to bring its own new set of challenges and struggles, doesn't it? As well as joys and things to celebrate. And uh, in the midst of a new year, and in the midst of all the turbulence that we live with at the moment, it's great to be reminded of Hebrews thirteen eight that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So let's begin with prayer. Jesus, at the beginning of the new year, we just want to focus our eyes, fix our eyes on you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever, that you are the faithful God, that you are the one who does not change, you are the one on whom we can depend. You are our rock, our refuge, our strength, an ever-present help in the day of trouble. And we we build our lives not on the news, not on resolutions, but we build our lives, Jesus, on you, our rock, our firm foundation, our hope. And we just ask now, Lord, that as we gather to worship, Lord, send your spirit upon us. Help us to be those who worship, in spirit and in truth, Lord, we need a fresh touch, a fresh filling of Your Holy Spirit. So, even as we worship now, we ask You to come and fill us afresh, in Jesus' name, Amen. We just ask that You'd uh, keep Your masks on as we're as we're singing, um, unless you're at home, of course, on Zoom, which you can do what you like. But um, <laughs> just while we're here, uh, please, uh, please, just sing with with your mask in place. Let's stand to worship Jesus. At the beginning of this new year,
1: there's nothing worth more that will ever come close, nothing can compare your. where my heart becomes free and my shame is up.
0: Zoom, please do feel free to unmute and just share in some praise and thanksgiving and worship prayers to glorify the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you're here in the sanctuary, just so that people on Zoom can hear you pray, Um, if you want to pray, just put your hand up and Tony will come with a microphone, and if you speak into the microphone, everybody on Zoom can hear your prayers.
2: Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Mm. Lift up a song to him, his name is the Lord. Thank Mm. you for your everlasting faithfulness, O Lord. Be glorified, O Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Jesus, we love you. The Baptist said, He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth, and of the earth he speaks. But he who comes from heaven is above all, and he bears witness to all he has seen and heard. no one receives his testimonies when john saw jesus coming towards him he said behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world he who the spirit descended upon at his baptism will baptize with the spirit i have seen and be witness that this is the son of god Mm. thank you lord for your word amen amen thank you jesus Oh,
1: Jesus. Lord, I thank you that wherever we are, Lord, we can meet together. Lord, I just thank Mm. you for the technology Mm. of Zoom, Lord. I just thank you where two or three are gathered, whether it's online, whether it's in the sanctuary, Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you for just for us having family, Lord, and your love for us and for your faithfulness and for you being, Lord,
0: our father, our daddy. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're now going to hear from Mark, at least on video, as he delivers his uh, first all-age talk of 2022. So, enjoy. Hi, everyone. hope you all had a good Christmas and New Year.
2: And as we start this new year we're also starting a new teaching series from the book of Mark. but you'll hear more about that from martin later but now it's time for our all-age talk so the new year we really don't know what's going to happen this year do we there's almost certainly going to be some ups and some downs some joyful times and some difficult times so In our all age video today, I thought it would be a good idea to have a look at the start of Jesus' ministry just after he'd been baptised by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit had descended on him like a dove. So, first of all, let's watch a video now. Jesus went into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. Wait, wait. Jesus was talking to the devil? Seriously, he talked to the devil? So Jesus had gone into the wilderness, and after a while, the devil showed up. He wanted to get Jesus to sin. Really? Are you sure? The devil thought he could trick Jesus. Well, that's going to happen. Well, that's what the Bible says. Jesus lived a perfect life, but although he was God, he was human as well, just like you and me. So he was tempted to do stuff, just like you and me. Wow, that's weird. You never knew that. So what was Jesus doing in the wilderness, anyway? Bet he was having a camping holiday. Lots of snacks, a campfire with my oh, that's great. No, Charles, no, he wasn't on holiday. He went into the wilderness to spend time his oh, God. He was there for 40 days, praying and fasting. Fasting? What's that? No, I'm probably really fast around the wilderness. I bet Jesus was faster than Usain Bolt. No, that's silly. Jesus was just a regular guy like you and me, like I said earlier. No, fasting is not eating any food. And Jesus fasted for 40 days. 40 days? That's so long. I can't last 40 minutes without a snack. Why did he do it? Well, Jesus wanted to focus on God and pray. So we do want to waste time eating. I get it. I bet I can guess what the devil tempted him to do. Have some dinner. That was probably it. Yes. After 40 days, Jesus was really hungry and the devil showed up and started talking to Jesus. But Jesus was not scared, like you are right with I'm not scared of you. But the devil knew that Jesus hadn't eaten for a long time. So he said to Jesus, If you are the son of God, why don't you turn these rocks into bread? Yeah, because he was really hungry. But I bet Jesus could have done that because he's God. He could, and I bet the idea of bread was really appealing. But Jesus was more interested in what the Bible said, so he told the devil no. The Bible said people should not live on bread alone, but on every word that God says. Well, obviously, he pizza, burgers, cereal, cake, ice cream, and oh, yeah, fruit. No, that's not what he meant. What Jesus meant was that you can survive with just food. You need the Word of God. Food feeds your physical body, but the Bible keeps your spirit dead. Oh, I get it. I told you the devil could trick Jesus. Good job. Yes, but the devil didn't give up that easily. He had another scheme. The devil took Jesus to the top of the temple. It was really high. And the devil said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off this building. This is what the Bible says, that God will send his angels to protect you and they will catch you so you don't even touch your foot on the ground. Wait, wait, wait. I've got a question. Why does the devil keep saying, if you are the Son of God? It's Jesus. Obviously, he's the Son of God. Good question. You see, the devil is challenging Jesus to prove it. Okay, so why doesn't Jesus just prove it once and for all? I know if someone challenged me to do something that I can do, I'd prove it straight away. No problem. So if the Bible says angels would catch him, why not just jump up and let the angels catch him? He could have done that, but as I said earlier, the devil was trying to trick Jesus into doing something he shouldn't. But the devil told him something that's in the Bible, so what's the problem? Well, the devil is taking things out of context. So Jesus said to him, the Bible also says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil was trying to get Jesus to test God, to see if God was really telling the truth. You see, God is there to protect us, but we shouldn't deliberately do dangerous things just to test him. I guess he put it like that. it wouldn't have been such a good idea. But the devil wasn't finished yet. He had one more test up his sleeve. The devil took Jesus to the top of a tall mountain so he could see all the kingdoms of the world. That must have been a really tall mountain. Like Everest or something. The devil said, I will give all these kingdoms to you to rule over if you will only bow down and worship me. No, that can't be. Right? That's a terrible idea. Surely Jesus isn't going to be tempted by that. It's like this, you see. Jesus knew that the world belonged to the devil because Adam and Eve sinned and did what the devil said. instead of what God said. But God had a plan to get the world back to forgive the sins of the people. But it meant Jesus would have to die on the cross. So what the devil is really saying here is that Jesus can become Lord of all the earth without having to die on the cross. I can see why Jesus might be tempted. So what do he do? Well, once again, it was important for Jesus to follow God's plan rather than thinking of himself. So again, he used the word of God to answer the devil. He said, the Bible says, serve the Lord your God and worship him only. And with that, the devil realised that he couldn't get Jesus to do anything wrong. So he left. He answered Jesus. You really showed him. Now, I've been thinking about Jesus' time in the wilderness. I wonder if he felt lonely. Maybe he felt scared with all of those wild animals around him. We know he felt hungry because the Bible tells us so. But being alone like that in the wilderness, he must have felt sort of abandoned, mustn't he? I don't know if I could cope with being on my own for a full 40 days and nights. Could you? But sometimes, we do feel alone don't we we sometimes feel like we've been abandoned and maybe we feel like we're in a bit of a wilderness not only physically but spiritually and emotionally as well particularly during the past couple of years some of us have really struggled with the pandemic and have you noticed that when we are feeling down when we are feeling low That is the very time that the devil comes and tries to tempt us the most. Trying to get us to do things that we know are wrong. Just like he did with Jesus. After 40 days of fasting, Jesus must have been physically weak. And that is when the devil tried to trick him. And he does the same with us too. Well, he does with me anyway. But Jesus, has shown us that we're not alone, we're not abandoned, and we can withstand all the attacks of the devil through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, which is the Bible, Jesus would give us the strength to endure. The Bible says we belong to God and that we've already won the victory because the one that is within us is greater than the one that is in the world. And the one that's in us, that's the Holy Spirit. And that's from 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. And the Bible also says that God is faithful. He will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. But when we are tempted, he will also provide us a way out so that we can endure it. And that is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Now, have you noticed that the Bible says, when you are tempted, not if you are tempted, but when? So we are going to be tempted and we are going to struggle from time to time. But the promise is this, that Jesus is going to be with us and Jesus is going to give us the strength to endure and get through it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mark, for that uh, timely message as we start a new year. Um, our children are going to, uh, to go out to their groups and uh, can we take up the uh, offering plate if it's uh, around somewhere, please? Thank you, Sally. Let's pray. Lord, we've already sung about your goodness. And uh, at the beginning of this year, we want to indeed thank you for your faithfulness through another year. And we thank you, Lord, that as the faithful one, we can trust in you. But Lord, that trust is not based on a vain hope or an aspiration or a resolution. It's based on Jesus who came into the world and who lived a perfect, obedient life, who died on the cross and rose from the grave He is the source of our hope, and uh, we thank you, Jesus, that you gave up your life to death, that we might have life, that we might be forgiven and reconciled to the Father. And so, Lord, because of your generosity in Christ, we gladly bring you these gifts and ask you to multiply them for the extension of your kingdom on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, i'd like to uh, just move to a time of open prayer so again if you're on zoom please unmute yourself and uh, pray and and in here, if you want to pray just put your hand in the air and Tony will come to you with a microphone. Um, that way, everybody on zoom can can hear your prayers if if, if we don't use a microphone in here people can't uh, hear you on, on zoom and we want everybody to to be included in the service. Um, just a couple of things to, you might like to give thanks for. Some of you will be aware that um, uh, one, somebody here who used to be a member, Chris Hickford, um, actually was recognised in the New Year's, the Queen's New Year's Honours List and has received an MBA, MBE for services to vulnerable young people. Uh, uh, some, some of you may not be aware of the ICON charity, but Chris heads up the, the ICON charity in Surrey, which helps thousands and thousands of young people who are vulnerable, mental health reasons, family reasons to, you know, just to, to bring healing and uh, help uh, to all sorts of vulnerable young people. And so we rejoice with Chris and uh, Claire and the wider family, of course, Angela and Colin. Um, but also it would be good to pray God's blessing on, uh, on ICON. Uh, we support ICON as a church. Um, ICON works, for example, in Fallbrook School, supporting vulnerable uh, young people there. And we're really grateful to God for the way that he's blessed this charity that we also support. And of course, Chris uh, is particularly dear to us because he used to be uh, head up the uh, young people's work here. And this is where it all began uh, as it were. So uh, do pray for God's blessing on the work of ICON. And thank God, for that recognition in the Queen's Honours list. But also uh, just continuing to, uh, to pray uh, for those who are grieving as we begin another year. This time of Christmas and New Year's is a, is a time of reflection, a time of stock taking. And uh, for many, it's, it's a difficult time because they, they you know, are holding uh, grief and wounds for, for those that they've lost. So pray uh, for those who are grieving. But also we can give thanks to God for his faithfulness in the past and looking ahead to to this year coming. So as the Spirit leads you, please lead us in prayers of thanksgiving and prayers of petition and intercession for those who need God's help and healing and grace at this time. So please lead us as God leads you. Father God, we're just so uh, thankful that the work of, of ICON has been recognised in the Queen's uh, New Year's Honours list. We thank you, Lord, for that MBE which Chris and ICON have uh, have been awarded. Lord, we pray your blessing on this charity as they go forward, Lord. I pray that this MBE would, would draw in uh, even more support. Lord, it's vital work that they're doing not just in this community, Lord, but across youth projects and schools right across Surrey. Um, And Lord, we just pray for this vital work that you would bless Chris and all the staff working for ICON, that Lord, they would receive uh, renewed income and support uh, and that Lord, they'd be encouraged by this award. So Lord, may your kingdom come through their work in Jesus name, amen.
2: grieving at this time of Christmas. Father, we know that there are those within our community who have lost parents and Mm. loved ones this year, and that, Lord, it's been tough for them. Yes. Lord, we just pray you would put your hand upon them, that you would lead them into your grace to to know your presence, Lord, and that you say you will wipe away every tear from our eyes, Lord. I just pray that for those who are grieving, Mm. Lord, that they will open their hearts to you, Lord. Yeah. I'll let you in, Lord, and just yes. receive the healing that you have. Yeah.
0: Amen. we Amen. would lift Adrian Cook before you, yeah. Lord, for these uh, times where he's so exhausted and is sleeping so much. Lord, we pray that you will just send your holy spirit upon him that you will touch his body those areas that need a touch of your hand lord we pray for the blood tests that have been taken Uh, in a way we want them to find something so they can be treated But lord we pray that through that you will give skill to the doctors and the nurses and those that will see him Mm. that you will restore him back to full health Mm. pray for leslie too you will surround her with your love and your care at this time yeah and the rest of the family Mm. lord just bless them we pray in jesus name amen amen yes lord lord we want to lift to you those projects in our community food bank let's do lunch which are becoming even more vital lord as uh Bills rise, Lord, petrol, gas, electric, all are rising, Lord, and inflation is increasing. Lord, there is more and more poverty in our community. Lord, I just pray your blessing on these projects that seek to bring your justice and fairness and equality to people's lives. Lord, just bless these projects. And I pray, Lord, that those who are deeply in need would find the help that they need through these projects in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, as we come now to hear your word read and preached, Lord, open our minds, our souls, our hearts. Lord, we we need your spiritual food. And we thank you, Lord, that your word is truth and that your word has power and that your word is the spiritual food that we need. Lord, thank you for the reminder in the All Age video that we cannot live by bread alone. But Lord, we need every word that comes from your mouth. And thank you, Lord, that this word is in your Bible. So feed us now from your word, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're looking this morning at Mark chapter 1, first in a series of seven sermons. Uh, one, Mark chapter 1, verses uh, 1 to 13. Um, we're very bright green, haven't we, this morning? There we go. So uh, keeping us, I think it's going to wake us all up, this green, isn't it? Here we go. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. Um, Take my glasses off here. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptised by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, "'You are my Son, whom I love. "'With you I am well pleased.' At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert and he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him it's great to start the new year uh, with those words uh, from mark's gospel the beginning of the gospel about jesus christ Um, we're at the beginning of a new year but i think those words are really important for us the beginning of the gospel is what's important the beginning of the new year there's loads of those aren't there but there's only one gospel and there's only one jesus and he's our rock he's our foundation years come and go but jesus is the same yesterday today and forever I don't know what your uh, take on the news is, whether you've got uh, a a news app on your phone. Um, I love and loathe news apps. Um, They're highly addictive, aren't they? Um, You know, it's great to keep abreast of the news. We need to keep abreast of the news as Christians so that we can pray in an informed way. But they're really clever, aren't they, uh, the psychologists? Because they've worked out that we can be addicted to bad news. Or to the next headline. Um, I turned off the uh, alert on my Sky News app because it keep, kept going off. And of course, that gets you to look at yet another headline, doesn't it? It's all very cleverly pitched, isn't it? Um, in the US, the Center for D- Disease Control and Prevention um, says that news about COVID 19, especially, Uh, can really impact our mood negatively. Um, People that sell the news know that bad news sells, and so they flog it to us, don't they? Uh, This is all about advertising revenue. The more we look at the news, the more advertising revenue there is, and so on. And bad news sells. And actually, if we keep tuning into bad news, it begins to impact our mood. Have you noticed that? You get you can become really anxious and moody and uptight if you're addicted to the news. I've noticed this. One psychologist says this, consuming too much of this kind of news, whether actively or passively, can be very toxic and what you hear has an impact on your mood. In fact, psychologists report that consuming the news, as they call it, can activate the sympathetic nervous system and causes your body to release stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. (laughs) So when a crisis is happening and we're experiencing the release of these hormones more frequently, physical symptoms can arise. Some of the most common are fatigue, anxiety, depression and trouble sleeping. Um, So too much exposure to the news can really be bad for your health. So we need to do this in moderation. Um, a recent study found that people who watched negative material compared with those who didn't watch negative material, they found that only after 14 minutes of exposure to news bulletins, that there was a marked increase in anxious and sad moods. Just 14 minutes exposure a day is enough to begin to affect your mood—that's um, quite telling, isn't it? Um, I don't know about you, but um, I don't want to be—I don't want my mood to be overly affected by uh, social media and by news headlines. That's not how we're called to live as Christians, is it? To be kind of brought down and become anxious and despondent through spending too much time consuming the news. I don't know about you, I want, I want to hear good news. I know good news doesn't sell, but the gospel is good news by definition. That's what it means, euangelon means good news. And um, we are to consume or meditate on the good news of Jesus as we begin the new year. Yes, by all means, keep the newspaper or the news app in one hand, by all means, do that. But meditate, consume scripture and the good news of Jesus. Let that shape your mind and your heart and your soul and not social media or the news headlines. I believe God wants to say to us, it's not the beginning of the new year that is important so much as beginning the new year with the gospel. Can I say that again? It's not the beginning of the new year that is important so much as beginning the new year with the gospel. Um, People come into the new year with all kinds of hopes and aspirations. Um, You can can read all these on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else, can't you? Um, Some of them are quite, saccharine and you think, oh, you've heard all this before. Every year we go through the usual round, don't we, of it can only get better. (laughs) This year has got to be better than last year. And you just think, really? (laughs) The truth is life is full of ups and downs and there are many joys. There is so much to celebrate like Chris Hickford's MBE. There is so much good to celebrate. But there are always going to be in any new year, major challenges and a new set of struggles. Let's be, we have to be realistic. But let's begin with the good news that Jesus Christ has come into the world and he has overcome sin and temptation and death. He's risen from the grave and he's reigning as the sovereign king from heaven. That's the good news that we need to begin the year with. That's what we should be meditating on, not COVID or the next variant or the next announcement from Boris, whenever that comes in the next day or two. I mean, who knows what's coming next? But in a way, it doesn't matter because our rock, our hope, our foundation is Jesus Christ, isn't it? Uh, I was interested that Genesis 1 begins, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's no uh, coincidence, surely, that Mark begins the beginning of the good news about Jesus. In Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. But here we have God creating a new plan in his salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, coming to earth. God is bringing his kingdom reign back to earth. There's a new part of God's salvation plan here. Just as there was a plan at the beginning of time to create the universe, so here God is sending his son to bring a new phase to his salvation plan. Mark chapter 1 verse 1, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now these two titles, Jesus Christ and the Son of God, are key to the gospel of Mark. Really, Jesus Christ and Son of God control everything else that comes in the Gospel of Mark. We race past these titles because we're so familiar with them. It's almost like, well, Martin Robinson, first name, surname. Jesus, first name, Christ, second name. That's how we read it, isn't it? We just kind of read it and it makes no impact on us. We don't linger there. Son of God, oh, Son of God, yeah, Whatever. But if we linger here, Mark has riches for us to discover. First, the good news is that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah. Um, A few years ago, 2015, there was an extensive research project called Talking Jesus. A large sample of the UK population were asked about what they believe about Jesus. The majority of 30% of the British population believe that Jesus was only a spiritual leader or prophet, but not God. That won't surprise you for one moment. He was a kind of spiritual leader, a prophet, a wise man, but he wasn't God. 21% believe he was God in human form. I was quite surprised by that, I thought that was quite high. So one in five believe he was God in human form. 17 percent believed he was a normal human being um, and the other uh, bit at the end is don't knows so 17 percent believe he was a normal human being so there's all sorts of mixed views about jesus out there but the majority view is that he was just a kind of prophet or spiritual leader a kind of guru um he'd have a show in, in that sort of um view Jesus would have a kind of uh, a, a show on tv wouldn't he He'd be kind of like a guru a wise man who you come to and he, he's got wisdom to dispense but Mark deliberately uses the title Messiah Christ and Son of God to tell us that this is no prophet or spiritual leader only this is God in human flesh Messiah or Christ means anointed one. God promised a king who would reign on David's throne and be anointed with the Holy Spirit forever. Now, no human king is gonna reign on David's throne forever. It's not what human beings do, is it? We we have a shelf life. But this would be a king who would reign as a descendant of David forever. This is no human king. In fact, Mark calls him the Messiah, God's chosen, anointed, spirit-filled king who will reign on David's throne for eternity. Many people in our culture are not willing to accept that Jesus was not just a prophet or a spiritual leader, but he was God, he was God's king. Even less people would be willing to accept that Jesus came to earth to die and suffer for our sins. But actually, not much has changed since biblical times people back in jesus day were confused about how he would be the messiah king Um, even jesus own disciples didn't have it down did they um so jesus asks peter and the disciples directly who do you say i am and peter gets a gold star for this bit because he goes well you are the christ you are the messiah you are God's chosen king. Ping, correct. Gold star, Peter. So far, so good. But then Mark eight thirty-two. 32, after Jesus says that he will have to suffer and die and then rise again on the third day, Peter isn't happy with that response, is he? And he takes Jesus aside and he begins to rebuke Jesus. He doesn't want to hear that the Messiah is going to have to suffer and die. What does Jesus say to Peter in response? Mark eight thirty three. get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. In other words, Peter is so wrong that it's as if Satan is speaking through him to Jesus. And Jesus says, no, Peter, get behind me. This is Satan speaking, this is wrong. You see, Peter and the disciples expected a warrior king who would get rid of unrighteous rulers in Israel, defeat the Romans, and it would restore Israel in the glory days of King David, so that peace and prosperity would reign from Jerusalem and its temple. And as the Messiah, it was not expected that Jesus would have to suffer and die. That just wasn't in the plan for the disciples. They wanted a warrior king, a powerful king. They didn't want a king who would die on a cross. But Jesus said he came to serve and to pay the ransom, the price for our sin. Listen to this. This is probably the key verse in the whole of Mark's gospel. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's why Jesus came. He came to pay the ransom price, the price of slavery of our sin, which is death, he paid it in our place when he died on the cross, to set us free from slavery to sin, which is death. 700 years before Jesus came, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 40, 42, 49, 52 and 53, prophesied in what are called the servant songs how the Messiah would come and how he would have to suffer and die for our sins and rise again. So if you read through the servant songs of Isaiah 40, 42, 49, 52 and 53, you will see there the fulfillment of prophecy in Mark's gospel. That's why Mark begins his gospel by saying about the fulfilment of Isaiah's prophecy in John the Baptist pointing to Jesus, the Son of God. Mark in his Gospel shows deliberately how Jesus in his baptism and temptation and the cross supremely, fulfils all of these prophecies about a suffering servant, Messiah. Why is all this good news for, for, for for us today and for our community? Well, it's good news because ever since Adam and Eve were first excluded from the Garden of Eden due to their rebellion and sin, human beings are born into this world, exiled or cut off from God. And that's not good news. We find contentment, joy, peace, happiness, purpose, meaning, in a relationship, a personal relationship with God through Jesus. That's what we were created for. And if we don't have that relationship, our lives feel empty. It feels like there's something missing. We can have a great job, a great family. We can have material possessions, a great home, and everything, the three holidays a year, we can go skiing and all the rest of it. But if we don't have Jesus Christ, there will feel an emptiness. There will be a sense in us that there must be more in life to life than this. And Jesus came to restore the relationship between human beings and God. He was cut off on the cross when he paid the ransom price for our sins so that we could be reconciled and restored to God. So that we could enjoy the contentment and peace and happiness that comes in knowing God personally. Uh, This is illustrated for us in the baptism of Jesus. Um, Mark puts together a lot of little stories here in Mark chapter 1, and he deliberately does that because he wants to illustrate aspects of Jesus' ministry. The baptism is one of them. Now, Jesus, as the Son of God, had no sin. There was absolutely no reason that Jesus had to be baptised, is there? You see, others were baptised in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. As they went down in the River Jordan and were washed, it was a sign that they wanted to be washed clean. As they repented, turned away from their sin, by going under the water and being washed, it was a sign that them wanting to wash, be washed clean in preparation for the coming Messiah but Jesus deliberately is baptized. Why? He has no sin. Why should Jesus need to be baptized in preparation for the Messiah? He is the Messiah. So what's going on? He was giving us a picture of what he would do on the cross. It's as if Jesus takes all of our dirty clothes from us and he puts them on himself. All of the stains of our sin all of the dirt and the stains, he puts on our clothes, our dirty and solid clothes. And as he goes under the water of the River Jordan, all of our sin and shame and rebellion is washed away from him. He washes our clothes perfectly clean. And then he gives our clothes back to us and we put on the the cleansed, clean robes of Christ. ...that he gives back to us. Isn't that a wonderful picture? Jesus being washed in the Jordan is a picture of how he will wash us clean at the cross. How he will wear our clothes of unrighteousness and then give us his clothes of righteousness. As we begin a new year, it's good to remember that being a Christian, knowing Jesus, is not about us doing good deeds although good deeds are fruit that follow from our faith, primarily, first and foremost, we are Christians because Christ has clothed us in his righteousness, right? It's a gift of grace. It's good news for us before it's good news for others, right? In other words, if we meditate on the good news that it's by grace that we've been saved and clothed in Christ's righteousness, If that fills your heart and soul, you're gonna wanna share it with others, right? Good news is to be shared. Um, If you you have good news, you wanna share it. If you pass your driving test, you probably wanna tell somebody. If you get an MBE, you wanna tell somebody and you should tell somebody because others wanna celebrate with you, right? Good news is to be celebrated and shared so that others can share in the good news and enjoy it and delight in it, right? So we ought to be those who are so meditating, so consuming the good news of Jesus and not the Sky News app, says Martin to himself. So consumed by the good news that we cannot help share that good news with our community, with our work colleagues, with our friends and neighbours, right? Good. Second, Jesus is the son of God. Um, contrary to what most people in the UK believe, that Jesus is just a spiritual leader or prophet, God himself says that this is my son at his baptism, right? doesn't matter what your opinion is, or my opinion, or the opinion of the UK population, God the Father declares over Jesus, this is my son, whom I love, and I'm well pleased with him. So it's not a matter of opinion. Jesus is God's son, because God the Father says so. Mark 1, verse 11, here it is. Here is my servant whom I uphold. There's the servant songs, Isaiah 42, verse 1, right? Fulfilled right there. This is the servant promised in Isaiah 42, verse 1. My chosen one in whom I delight, I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. Look at Isaiah 49, look at Isaiah 42, Isaiah 43. It's all in there. He's the one who will bring justice to the nations. He's the spirit anointed Messiah. He's the suffering servant. He's the son of God who the father loves intimately and dearly. And as the Son of God, he has all the authority and power of Father, Son and Holy Spirit in human form. Do we believe that this morning? Um, Through Mark's gospel, through the first half of Mark's gospel, we see the status of Jesus as the Son of God. If you read Mark's gospel through, it's fast moving stuff, isn't it? It doesn't hang around. So we're getting straight into um, demon exorcisms, healings. Uh, forgiveness of sins we learn very quickly that Jesus has the power and authority to forgive sin in Mark chapter 2 we see him raising the dead we see him delivering people again and again from demons and sickness we see him walking on water we see him calming the stormy sea we see him feeding a crowd of 5,000 and 4,000 with just five small uh, loaves and two small fish You see, the Jesus who walked on earth as a man for 33 years is now the Son of God ruling over and upholding the universe at the right hand of the Father. Isn't that what Paul says in Colossians 1, verse 15? Here it is. This is Jesus. It's coming. (laughs) Sorry? Okay. Okay. I'll read it from the, uh, from the Bible. Colossians 1 uh, verse 15 says this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him And for him. Do you hear that about Jesus? He upholds the universe, all things were created by him and for him. In a world of pandemics, in a world of uncertainty and anxiety, in a world of injustice and violence, in a world of environmental um, destruction, in a world where um, supply and there are supply and demand issues, in a world quite frankly, in which we cannot have confidence, Jesus is the upholder and sustainer. He's the sovereign Lord of the universe. And that's where we need to focus as we begin the new year. I don't know what this new year holds. You don't know what this new year holds. We know there'll be trouble. Jesus said there'll be trouble for Christians, but we know who holds the future, don't we? And he'll guide me with his hand. So we don't know what the future holds, but we do know the one who holds the future. Isn't that wonderful? God is at work as the son of God, as the eternal divine upholder and sustainer and creator of the universe. Jesus is sovereignly working out his purposes in us, in our church, in our nation. And he calls us to work with him, to partner with him in the building of his kingdom. Jesus had confrontation with Satan right at the beginning of his ministry. Mark and uh, Shah illustrated that. He was tempted. You and I, as Christians, will be tempted. We will struggle with sin this year, just as you did last year. I can, I know that. I know that there'll be joys and things to celebrate this year. But I know also that Satan will do his best to So despondency and doubt and fear into your heart and mind because that's he's the father of lies we know his tactics don't we he wants us to be discouraged discouragement is the biggest weapon in his toolbox i think he wants us to fall over and get despondent about our faith and doubt god and doubt god's sovereignty and we need to turn to mark's gospel the beginning of the good news about jesus christ You see, Jesus has already paid the ransom price for our sin at the cross. He's already raised from the dead and he's now reigning at the right hand of the father and he's coming again to fulfill his kingdom promises. D-Day has happened already at the cross and resurrection. We await VE Day. Just as D-Day was the turning point in the war and there was a mopping up operation, so we're in a period of mopping up Until the final VE day when Jesus returns to bring a new heaven and a new earth and to fulfill his kingdom promises fully, we're in the mopping up phase, but we're on the winning side. Victory is certain and sure because D-Day has happened. Amen. We will be conquerors with him. We will meet again those who have gone before us and are now with him in glory. Isn't that a wonderful promise? What a hope. The Christian life does involve temptation and struggle because we're in a, a spiritual battle. Satan will whisper in our ear. He'll try to discourage us. But we need to meditate on and consume the good news about Jesus Christ. And then, if we are faithful, victory is secure and certain. And... Just as God anointed and filled Jesus with the Spirit, with his Spirit, who enabled Jesus to overcome temptation and to go to the cross, so the same Holy Spirit is offered to you and me to do battle and to overcome. Isn't that wonderful? God has not left us on our own as orphans. He's given us the Holy Spirit who is more powerful than he who is in the world. Isn't that amazing? He who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. God has given us his spirit to help us to overcome temptation, to stay the course and to enter into his glory. Isn't that amazing? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, at the beginning of this year, help us to be consumers of the good news about Jesus Christ. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who endured the cross and all the shame that came with us, and who is now seated in glory and victory at the right hand of the Father. Lord, today, fill us afresh, anoint us with your Holy Spirit, fill us with joy, fill us with strength, fill us with power, Lord, to deliver us from the evil one, keep us from temptation, Lord, send us out from this place as those so full of the good news that it overflows from us. Lord, we want to be sharers, witnesses of the good news about Jesus. So Lord, fill us with your spirit. Give us courage and boldness to share the good news in word and deed, that we might be a light in the darkness of our workplaces, our families, our community, amongst our neighbours and friends and family. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. like to, to join us for that afterwards but uh, may the blessing of god almighty father son and holy spirit be with you all now and forever amen